0: Uh, it's been a while since I fired up one of these babies, okay, there we go, okay, got to go, Oregon Trail, all right, here we go, all right, Independence Day here, all right, going to get all my information, I'm going to, just got to size up the situation here, all right, that's good. So I'm going to cross that Kansas River now, but it looks, the water's a little muddy here, so I'm just... It's, yep, and not enough grass. That's bad. Bad for animals. They need more grass. Okay, so that's good. And ooh, not a lot of water. This is getting worse. Oh, I didn't feel that one coming. Whew. Okay. But, <sighs> yet another Oregon Trail Death. How are you people? Any of you uh, grow up playing that game on something like this beautiful thing? Yeah, a lot of old sounding voices right there. I know, how cool is that? We're kicking off this series called Proverbs Choose Your Trail. Our creative team, they came together and said, we know what we'll do. Based on the 1982 uh, game that you play on, a Macintosh Plus, we're going to just mirror the Proverbs with the Oregon Trail, and there's a lot of parallels, right? In the Oregon Trail, you're trying to get from around this area up to the northwest for fur trading. You're trying to get up there for better, uh, more fertile soil, and possibly even for gold. And in the Proverbs... We're always trying to pick the right trail, and we're offered all sorts of guidance, and uh, we're trying to find the gold in our lives. And in fact, I want to jump right to it. Grab your uh, Westside app, grab, you can grab your phone if you want to pull up your Bible, or you can go to something older than a Macintosh Plus, which is the, uh, the old school Bible. And let's just look at how Proverbs starts right out of the gate. And here's what I wanna do. I just wanna like slowly read from Proverbs 1, just a few verses, and let's just see if as you read this, you just go, yes, there is something I need there. The Proverbs of Solomon, chapter one, verse one, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction. How many of us just go, man, in, in this day and age, I just feel like, I need wisdom unlike ever before. For understanding words of insight. Maybe some of us are like, I need insight. I'm walking with a friend who's in a really dark place and I just know that I need to offer them perspective or words that I just don't know that I have the words for them or receiving instruction in prudent behavior. I wanna do what is right, it says, and just and fair. How many of us as parents, we want that? How many of us as students, we wanna do what is right? Just and fair. How many of us in our workplace, in our businesses, what is right and just and fair? For giving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. I have three adolescent daughters. This is hitting me, right? It's like, I, how do I give prudence? Prudence has gone out of style, let me tell you. I need prudence for those who are simple. I need discretion to the young because every single day there's another question that comes at me and I just exhaust. And I say, I don't know, ask your mom. And she says, I don't know, ask your dad. And our daughter just ping pong back and forth. We need wisdom, can anyone relate? Yeah, and then it says, verse five, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Isn't that an interesting thing? Well, wait a minute, they're already wise. Why would they add to their learning? Because you see, a wise person doesn't sit back and go, my, I just marvel at how wise I am, (laughs) right? And goes goes on to say, let the discerning get guidance. If you have discernment, why do you need guidance? The answer is yes, right? Because this is what wise people do. Wise people go, there's always something more, deeper, richer to learn. The discerning go, I still need even more guidance beyond what I can provide for myself and for others. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How many of you just right now find yourself in a place where you have two trails and you need to pick? How many of you right now, you're at a crossroads, you're at a fork in the road, you have a decision to make, you have something you know that you need to decide or do. And either you're hesitant about it, you're cautious about it, you're fearful, you're not sure the outcome of this trail or that trail could be something for your household, could be something in your place of work. Do you take this promotion? Do you quit this job? Do you uh, move into the school district? Do you say yes to the suitor? Do you say yes to the engagement? Right? Whatever the question is, what is that thing where you have to choose and you have two trails set before you? I just want you to think. This will only be helpful to the extent that there's something that that you, you know that you're coming to that place and you have to make... A decision. I know for me and my family, uh, my wife and I, Elise and I just yesterday were talking about there's, there's some things that I think we're going to have to make decisions about the pattern and the rhythm and the pace of our family for what's best for the kids. And it's going to require we stop some things, we shift some things, we start some new things, but we need to step back, take reflection. What is it for you where you need to make a decision or a choice. And what would it be like to actually believe that God loves you, he's trustworthy, and he has something to offer you, and it's in the form of wisdom and instruction and insight and, and rightness and justice and it's fair and all those things, we need them. And where do we start in this place? Where do we start in, in the uh, acquisition of Wisdom. We start with the premise and the proclamation that I am a fool. This is where we start. Would you agree? Because we could waste all of our time digging into the Proverbs about where fools are talked about, and we could go, oh my gosh, I know that person. Oh my gosh, I know, like, oh yeah, that's that's the guy I work with. Oh my gosh, I, we, you know, that's exactly what my spouse was doing as we were driving uh, to church this morning, right? And and Or we could talk about world leaders and all those things and completely miss the point. What the wise say is, I need more learning. What the wise say is, even though I'm discerning, I need more guidance, and so where we start is with the premise of the proclamation. All right, I am the fool. Say it with me, by the way, it feels great to say. Go ahead, I am the fool. How'd that feel? Feel okay? Yeah, when in Jesus our identity's secure and we have nothing to lose, nothing to hide, nothing to prove, we're just his kids and we wanna grow in wisdom, there's something refreshing about just the confession like, you know what, I get this wrong. You know what, I have blind spots. You know what, there's patterns and tendencies that I know I can grow in. You know, there's things that I can't see that I need to see. A wise person just welcomes that and we have to start with going, hey, I know at times I can be a fool. Like for example, the fact I'm here this morning, Pastor Randy, when he you know created the whole series and the structure of this talk on Proverbs and kicking off this Sunday entitled "The Fool," he searched far and wide, you know, like who could I bring in that would speak not just from head knowledge but from life experience, and here I am, and uh, and here we all are, right? And so the way we're going to enter in is just by saying this isn't for somebody beside me or someone that I'm going to see tomorrow at work. This is for me. Really easy to see the foolishness in others. Would you agree? Really, really hard to see it for ourselves. And that requires an openness, a vulnerability, and a humility. And really, it involves a supernatural intervention, I'm convinced. So let's do this. Let's just pray and invite God in his kindness to show us, about us, these things. Will you do that? Let's pray together. So Father, we just believe that you are good. We believe that in your immense love, you wanna bring revelation to us. We trust you in your heart and character that you'll bring things into the light that, that we need to see, not for shame or discouragement, but simply because you wanna keep shaping us refining us, leading us into ways that mirror you and your deep heart, in ways that lead to life and goodness, and to gold, to the to life that is truly life. So we want that, we want that, God. So Holy Spirit, come, do your work in us. We just say out loud again, we're, we are, we're fools, we know it. Help us to become wise, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, when you look through the Proverbs throughout all of the different chapters, the, the idea of fool breaks out into three big categories. All right, so we're gonna be talking about the fool, and the first big category is the simple, and we'll explain. The second big category is the scoffer, and we'll break that down. And the third big category is, no joke, the stupid. And literally, you could translate in, in the Hebrew, this word is idiot, by the way, and you could literally translate, uh, there's three different words under this category, as stupid. So we're going to break it down. What is the simple? The simple, as best defined as those that let others choose the trail for them. Those that let others choose the trail for them. There's a sense of mindlessness a sense of not having thought it through, not having walked into a a, a trail's direction with your own convictions. You just followed the crowd. Here's how it says in Proverbs chapter 14. The simple believe anything. They haven't vetted it. They haven't fact-checked it. They haven't gone and applied their own intellectual rigor towards it. But the prudent give thought to their steps. You get a sense of, there's a sense of purposeness. Uh, about their ways and their days. Here's another one from Proverbs 1. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. First of all, isn't it kind of refreshing just to get it cut and dry, black and white? Here it is. Here it is, people, right? We live in a hyper relativized world where it's like you get to choose it's all yours like whatever trail if there's no trail make your own trail i mean that's kind of the culture that we live in everything's gray and and nuanced and i just love the proverbs like nope here it is here it is like do you want life or do you want dysentery these are your choices right (laughs) now there is a place for leaning into the fuzzy gray and for nuance and for thoughtfulness into the complexity of issues However, there's something just refreshing from the scripture, just saying, hey, guys, hey, gals, here's the way. This is kind of how it works. And there are consequences, both good and bad, when we live and choose one trail over another. And here for the simple who let others choose the trail for them, there's a lack of thoughtfulness. And it leads to this kind of waywardness about how we live our lives. And maybe by best example, Proverbs 7. Proverbs seven is the picture of a wise person looking out their window and in verse seven says this, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, then out, surprise, surprise, came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. What was this young man doing? He was going in search of what I call an intentional accident. He's like, hey, I got a little time. I'm just going just to grab the remote. I'm just going to just kind of flip through, see what's on HBO Max or Netflix and just no real thought. Or, hey, I got a little time, I'm just going to kind of scroll through social media And I'm just going to kind of, we'll just see. I'm I'm not looking for anything. That is what we call an intentional accident. You are letting others choose the trail for you. And in the, the, the course of technology and social media, that's called an algorithm, by the way, that chooses the trail for you. For this young man, the trail was chosen for him. He gave no thought to it. And then in his case, a woman came out and chose it for him. You can flip that around. In her case, a man came out and chose it for him. Whatever the temptation, whatever the thing, the simple person gives no sense of conviction or thought and lets others, whatever they think, whatever the path of, of least resistance is, they'll say, okay, I'll choose that. It seems like everyone else is choosing it, so will I. That's the simple. The scoffer the scoffer is the one who mocks those who choose the right trail. And it's often loud and it's boisterous. And if the simple lacks intellectual rigor at times and personal conviction, the scoffer kind of portends to have a sense of intellectual prowess, that they've really thought all of these things through. Here's how the Proverbs talks about it. The proud and arrogant person, mocker is his name, behaves with insolent fury. There's a sense of condescension. There's a sense of cynicism and skepticism. And what's really behind that? They, it sounds like they've got it all figured out. It sounds like they're intellectually superior to you and they can make you feel really kind of small in, in ways. But what's behind that? Generally, pain, generally, a past of brokenness, and a deep, uh, chronic insecurity about life. And so, a scoffer that's kind of their defense mechanism. Don't get too close. So, I'm going to use my intellectualism to hold you at bay, all the while mocking those who choose the right trail where just perhaps it feels a little threatening for them to even consider it. That's the scoffer. Let's talk about the stupid. There's three different words under that. We're gonna look at three examples. The stupid choose the same wrong trail over and over. The stupid choose the same wrong trail over and over. So here's a uh, proverb you might be familiar with. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. That's choosing the same wrong trail over and over. Why do I keep picking that path? We have a more modern phrase for it. It's called the definition of insanity, which is you do the same thing over and over and over, hoping and wishing for different what? Results, but why does it keep coming by? Do I find myself in this place? Why do I keep waking up the next morning feeling absolutely lousy and not knowing even where I am? The person who continues to say, I'm gonna pick the same wrong trail over and over. Now, I do wanna say something really important here. Why I absolutely love the clear and direct nature of, hey, choose this trail, choose that trail, and it's cut and dry. We also know that there's things like mental wellness, We know that there's things like addiction and there's things that in our own power we just can't get a grasp on. And that's why I just want you to hear there's no shame in any of these things. And that here at Westside, we wanna wrap God's family around your family, around your household, around your life, and all of those like, messy things that we can't quite get a grasp on. And we just wanna say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's why we do care groups. That's why we do A2 communities. That's why we have counselors who wanna walk with you. It's part of wrapping God's family around yours and around, and around you. And yet, a wise person steps back and says... Where's this being repeated in me? There's a third word for stupid in the Hebrew, and it's Nabal. And if you are familiar at all with scripture, that might sound familiar because there's a man in the scriptures named Nabal, and Nabal means fool. So there's a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy in this man's life. How would you like to be named by your parents? Nabel? Not good does not predict good things to come. So Nabal was a rich man. He, uh, he owned a bunch of sheep. He, uh, he touted himself around town like he was a prince or a king. He was married to a beautiful and super intelligent, savvy gal named Abigail. And it just so happened that David was with his men. They were on the run from King Saul. They are basically refugees, and they were out in Nabal's area. In fact, they had Nabal surrounded. And Nabal's, uh, David's the kind of dude that with just one, you know, one rally cry, and they could have just taken Nabal like that. But instead, David sends some messengers out to Nabal to essentially create a, a peace treaty. And all they say is like, hey, we've been in your country. We've been in your land. You didn't know it. We're not here. We mean no harm. All we want is some food and some drink. And Nabal sends those messengers of David back with their tails between their legs, says, forget you. Why would I give you anything that what I've got? And so the messengers come back to David to just say, well, we just got turned away. That didn't go so well. And what does David say in reply? Basically, he says, strap on your swords. Yeah. Strap on your swords, he says to his men. And he straps on his sword, which means he's really ticked off. He's not sending people in battle. He's leading the battle. And they're marching towards Nabal when Abigail, Nabal's wife, brilliant, savvy, beautiful. She's like, I got to spare this for, for, for everybody. She doesn't t- tell Nabal what she's doing, but she loads up a cart with like figs and pomegranates, and she goes to Christopher Elbow. She makes special chocolates. She does, she does it all, and she goes out and meets David, and here's where we pick up the story. 1 Samuel chapter 25, when, uh, verse 23. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey, bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my lord, Let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please, please pay no attention, my Lord, to what that wicked man Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. One of my goals in life is just to never have my wife talk about me like this. It's like one of my goals. It's a low bar, but, right? She goes on to to, to say, but then she says this thing. Please forgive your servant's presumption, and I just want I, I to go back. There's this another kind of um, description of Nabal that he is, and I'm just reading back here a little bit, he is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him, can't talk sense into him. He's going to bring destruction on himself, on his empire, on all of his people by being simply what his name says that he is, a fool, and King David actually says, okay, Abigail, because of you, we're going we're to form this peace treaty. And she comes back, basically, with the promise of David, I'm not going to slay everybody in your camp. She arrives back to Nabal's house, and he's thrown a big party like he's a big shot. And he's so drunk. He's drunk as a skunk. So she's like, I'm going to wait till he sobers up, waits for the hangover the next morning. And she tells him, here's what I've done. Here's what was about to happen, and Nabal, like, dies 10 days later, heart attack, it seems. And what happened? He lost everything, right? He lost his life, he lost his empire, he lost his wife, who married David, and he got the Christopher Elbow chocolates as well. <laughs> this is where foolishness ultimately leads. So let me just pause and ask, remember we said, premise and promise, or proclamation, is that this is not about pointing out the foolishness in others or in our foolish world. This is about where, God, is this happening in me? Do you identify maybe most with the simple, letting others choose the trail for you? where you forgot that you had agency, you forgot that you had a choice, you forgot maybe that this is something for you to think about, for you to own, and even if it's the more difficult path, it's the right path. Or scoffer, where there's just deep things, there's pain, there's hurt, there's insecurity, and maybe there's a part of you that knows that's the right path, but you mock those who are taking it. You're loud, you're boisterous, and there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around in which you work, but really, you're a cynic, and God wants to He wants to unearth that, that scoffer in you, and set you free from it. Or are you continually picking the same wrong trail over and over again with your life and your decisions? And it is practicing the definition of insanity. You step back and go, that's just stupid. Why do I do this? Who will set me free from this cycle? So I just love, I love for us to just kind of put ourselves on the board for a moment, just to pause and say, okay, I'm not asking for any details, or, and, and if we can all just say on one level or another, individually, there is foolishness in me, where does it most fall? And I'll just tell you, for, for me and for my wife, Elise, it's right, now, right here under There's some rhythms to our family, some pace to the way that we're living. There's some decisions that we're making that are not yielding fruit. And we haven't quite stopped to just see the impact on us as a family unit. And so we're gonna need to do some stopping and some shifting and maybe some starting because we've just been running the rat race and haven't stopped to see the impact of it on our kids and on ourselves so i put myself, it's no fun to say, but i put myself in the stupid category, okay? Where would you put you? How many of you, just by show of hands, an online community, just please post it on the chat. Uh, how many of you just say, here, simple, I'm letting others choose the path for me and it's time I make my own choice, even if it's the hard one. Awesome. How many of you, hey, there's, there's this kind of like exterior and, and there's insecurity back there and I, I'm pretty loud about it, but... I know that God wants to unearth some of the scoffer in me. All right, I appreciate those hands. That might be the hardest one. How about, hey, I'm just choosing the same wrong path over and over, and I'm tired of it. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's just go a little deeper. Let's go a little deeper in diagnosing what the difference between the, the two trails that are offered us, between the path of wisdom and the path of Of foolishness for ourselves, but also as we're walking with others, and we want to be helpful in that place. could be in your workplace context. could be in in your home. So uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, I love this guy, clinical psychologist, a researcher, an author. He wrote an awesome book called Necessary Endings, and there's a chapter in here dedicated to, he said, in all my vast research, I don't like categorizing people, but it's just true. There's a wise person, there's a fool, and there's an evil person. He calls it the the fool, the, uh, the wise, the fool, and the evil. I just want to look at the fool and the wise person. We're just going to look at two categories and how they break out with the hopes that it's helpful for us to see ourselves even more clearly and work also with others. Here's how, here's how this goes. When the wise person receives feedback, they receive it as a gift. They thank you for it. Why? Because even though they're wise, they want more learning. Even though they're discerning, they want greater guidance. This is what wise people do. And when you hold something up into the light, they adapt and change to the light. They're like, okay, this has been held up. I see it now. I want to do things differently. I don't want to change the light. I don't want to flash the light on others. I don't want to blame or anything. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to align myself to to the light of the truth the wise person, when you're working with them, you're gonna feel a sense of hope because you sense in their spirit, in their posture, this hunger to grow. It might not be easy. It could be a little tense initially, but they wanna lean in with you and hope in you should rise. So then you talk about with them the problem. Hey, this is where we're not cutting it. Here's what I need more of you that we're not receiving. You can literally address the thing because they have an openness and a humility and a desire to get better. So then, what do you provide them? Equipping. Like, hey, I'm with you, I'm for you, here's some things that could help. How can I help you? You're willing to invest time in wise people because you know it's gonna ultimately lead to encouragement and then you can celebrate the fruit from their lives. This is what we want. I think about. Dr. Cloud talks about a story where he was with a bunch of like national, international leaders. Most of them were like in their 60s. There was one guy that was invited in his 30s. He's just this young, young kid. And they were listening to his life and to his story. And one of the elder, you know, the older gentlemen just finally said, Young man, could we offer you some perspective and some feedback? And this was this this young man was a successful leader. Like he he had A lot of awesome things going on. And he leaned in and he said, yeah, man, hit me with a gift. Hit me with a gift. That even if it's poorly offered, even if the person offering it has their contribution to it, even if it's imperfectly given, right? The wise person says, I'm going to go find the gold in that. What's my part to own? What's my contribution in this? The fool doesn't. The fool does exactly the opposite. Receives feedback, not as a gift, but as a threat. It feels threatening. There's something, uh, the, the, the risk, it feels too high. I've got something to hide or something to lose or something to prove, and I cannot allow this feedback in because I'm afraid it's gonna say something about me. So when the the light is held up and something gets exposed, they don't change themselves to the light. They try to change the light itself. They're like, can you turn it down? Or let's turn it on you. Or can you move it? And you try to side swat, you know, get out of the the light. This is what the foolish person does. And so what you feel is hopelessness when working with a fool. Henry Cloud is really um, passionate about this point. He says, that's a good thing. When you get to the point of hopelessness, then you've come to that place of, I'm not gonna keep choosing the same wrong trail with you over and over and over and expecting different results. I am at a place of whatever approach we've taken thus far, it's not working. It's time to change the approach. So guess what? We're no longer gonna talk about the problem. In fact, we're gonna stop talking about the problem now we're gonna have a different conversation. We're gonna talk about the patterns that are besetting in you and in us and the dynamic of us that whenever we try to talk about the problems, we can't talk about the problems, and they never get addressed. That's what the conversation I wanna have. I wanna talk about the pattern that's keeping you from actually changing your ways. And now all of a sudden, for, for, for if we're trying to walk with somebody Uh, walk this out with somebody, we're going, all right, I'm no longer playing this game. And what am I gonna provide for you? Boundaries. I might equip along the way, but now here are some clear boundaries. Here's the target we're going for. Here's what we're, we're aiming for. And by the way, I'm gonna communicate, yeah, maybe some encouragement, but now I'm gonna communicate consequences. If these boundaries are broken, if these deliverables aren't met, Then there will be consequences, and we're going to have to talk about that. And ultimately, we're going to celebrate something. You know we're going to celebrate? Choice. The fact that for so many of us trying to lead somebody who's demonstrating foolish behavior, we forget we have a choice in the matter. We think it's all about them and what ends up happening. We just kind of orbit around them and their bad choices. And we're completely enabling and enmeshed in all the dysfunction of that. But then we step back and go, wait a minute. I have agency here. I have a decision. So I'm going to set boundaries. I'm going to allow consequences to be consequences. And I'm going to be reminded that I have a choice in this matter. And so do you. And so do you. You get to choose this trail or that trail. And in my consulting work, I have a client who put it this clearly with one of his employees. He said, Johnny, in 30 days, we will no longer have these problems among us. These problems will be gone. And I don't want you to leave with the problems. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. These problems will be gone. They'll be, they'll be out the door. I don't want you to go with them. All right? So to be able to step back and go, I'm gonna let this be your choice, but I've marked the field for you. Now, I wanna step back again. We've talked a lot about what does it look like when we're walking somebody through that? And uh, parents, you might be going, oh, I think I'm raising a fool, right? And teenagers, you're like, I'm being raised by fools. That's what's <laughs> happening. Right? So we can do that thing, or we can be the person. We can be the person who says, "What does wisdom require in me? Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. And try me and see where there's anxiousness in me. And and if there's any." evil or wickedness within me like rooted out because I want to walk in the life everlasting. This is what the wise person does. Are you that wise? Do you hunger to be the one that says this is a gift? I want to align myself to the light not try to change the light. I want to be the person that bears fruit and sees it all as a gift. Which are you? With that choice that you have before you. What what does wisdom look like for you in this moment? So Father, we just pray over this moment and this time. We pray over whatever that, um, that decision is. Whatever that pattern that might be getting unearthed. Whatever that choice between one decision or another. Spirit of God, we just ask, would you come into our hearts and our minds? We know you've revealed it in love. We know there's no shame or condemnation. We trust your deep heart. So we pray for courage. Courage like the, 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 the adult woman from the last service that went into the waters and got baptized because she said, I no longer want to keep choosing the same wrong trail over and over. Courage to lead our children. Courage to to work with our coworkers in the way of wisdom that leads to life. So come, Holy Spirit, come into each of our moments and each of our matters, we pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.